Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza and I am joined by Matt Harmon today... We're going to talk free agents. I have to say that Matt is one of my favorite go-to people for projecting free agents. So I'm going to let him lead. But Matt, you do an excellent. I mean, you were talking about Keyshawn Vaughn as a potential keeper, like back in, I don't know, December, which might as well have been five years ago by now. Um, so you always have your finger on the pulse of who's moving where, which means that our listeners are in for um, quite a treat. I have my pulse on like, what gossip is happening in the NFL. And um, Aaron Rodgers has supplied us with no shortage of that. So instead of just, uh, you know, covering who will be a free agent and where they might be going, we're going to we're gonna tell you where we think some of these top free agent stars should be signing. We might be proven wrong, but like, hey, we're fantasy wonks. We have opinions and they matter, damn it. Um, and this oh, is a fantasy football debatable. podcast after all. So, um, Matt, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, I don't know about you. Like, I, th- I think I know the answer to this. Wait, hey, like, hey, Liz, 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 pause, 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 okay. pause for okay, cause okay. here for a second. Uh, I, we couldn't start the podcast without me telling you congratulations, uh, for you and the other guy winning that, uh, that, that the award for the FSWA. So congratulations. Eckler's edge was awesome. It provided, uh, entertainment and also, uh, real time value for all those uh, Justin Jackson, myself included, Justin Jackson heads <laughs> late in the season. So shout out to you. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, Eckler's Edge did win uh, an FSWA award for best short form video. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, there could be, if we're talking, you know, particularly about tight ends, um, the cha- Chargers might be a landing spot for oh, some yeah. of uh, the players, particularly at that position on this list. But I appreciate that. Let's dig into it because I did. I talked about gossip and Aaron Rodgers and, you know, him and his new best friend slash agent, Pat McAfee, certainly <laughs> getting Twitter a buzz, even more than regular uh, earlier this week. I don't like what I was going to say. I don't know about you. I think I might know the I think I'm pretty confident that I know the answer of this. But did you uh did you even bother clicking on it or were you just like, I am logging off for the day when you saw, you know, these screenshots of the gratitude post? Uh, I did. I actually missed. Uh, I was on my uh, bachelor party this past weekend, so I kind of missed the whole 
Aaron Rodgers Instagram, and that obviously stretched into Monday, all that. So I, I kind of missed the whole Aaron Rodgers Instagram post. I didn't really see it until Tuesday morning, and I was like, That's "Oh, when okay, I saw it. yeah, um, yeah." I was like, "I don't really." This just feels like Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of being a weirdo online, which is something that we should. I mean, that, that's kind of who he is, right? I didn't expect him to go on there um, to Pat McAfee and announce his retirement, but I was one of the 130,000 goofballs that watched him live on the oh. Pat McAfee show for ah. a little bit. Okay. Um, and and frankly, I'm glad he, I did because of uh, the whole cleanse thing that we heard about. That, that took up a, a chunk of my time, which again, coming off my bachelor party last weekend, I feel like I probably could have benefited from that cleanse, but that's all. I don't know discussion. if you want to do that one, though. I mean, if you're interested in some green juice, there's Splendid Spoon. <laughs> They'll, they'll mail you, they'll ship you every week some products. I don't think you need to, um, you know, take whatever niacin or whatever that is to the point of vomiting. But anyway, no, I'm not here to no. dispense medical advice and frankly, neither should Aaron Rodgers, but that's a whole other podcast. No, um, but I do think that the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, like, it, you know, I think that he's already kind of told the Packers that he's coming back. And now all of this is just like posturing for the contract negotiations because he is going to need extension and of course the biggest part of that is whether or not they bring his good buddy Devontae Adams back who is our, our top free agent here I think that Devontae Adams just gets franchise tagged by the Packers and they figure the rest out later do you just do you disagree at all no I think that's exactly the place that we're going I mean we had Devontae Adams on Eckler's Edge I asked him point blank like what's up has Aaron told you anything and I mean he very predictably said no I don't think he is decided comma, I wish he would decide because it would help me out a lot, which made me believe that he was being transparent, right? He was sort of like, listen, mm -hmm. I wish I knew because I could be making some plans. Um, but I think you're right. If the franchise tag is available to the Packers, why wouldn't they use it? Like, it might not be nice, but whether Aaron Rodgers returns or not, like, they have an opportunity to keep the Scotty Pippen half of this, of this incredible duo. Yeah, I think if Rodgers decides to retire, because I kind of think at this point, um, based oh, on, on rap sheet, he's not going to retire. He's either. I, see, that's like, I. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's coming back to Green Bay. But I think in terms of likeliness to happen, I think it's he comes back to Green Bay, he retires, or he gets traded. The trade thing just feels really unlikely at this point. But I could be wrong. But I think the Keith. I do think that like them franchise tagging Devontae Adams, showing him like. And they got to make a lot of moves. Like they got to cut like Zadarius Smith. They got to cut some other key contributors just to be able to afford Devontae Adams on the franchise tag. Cause there's like way, they're way over the salary cap at this point. So a lot of work to be done, but I do think they'll end up figuring out uh, Adams and Rogers will both be back in green Bay. Uh, I think if Rogers is gone, certainly if he gets traded, then I think all bets are kind of off with Adams, but one way or another, I think that Adams finds his way back in green Bay. Yeah. I think he stays in green Bay. I even actually think if, if Rogers does, force a trade then Adams is still gonna I mean unless he chooses to hold out like I, I don't think there's a world in which the Packers I mean I, you make a great point about the salary cap space but I just feel like there's so much um ego in that small town really um that I, I can't see a, a situation where he is like booted but unless they're just fully like restocking the refrigerator to quote Scott Pianowski. Let's move on to, to Mike Williams. Cause this one's interesting. I mean, Mike Williams was starting to have a resurgence at the top of 2021. And, you know, we we're excited about the way that he was being used by Lombardi and maybe finding different levels of his skill set. But then, you know, defenses keyed in on it, figured it out. Like, I'm not quite sure he did manage to stay relatively healthy as far as Mike Williams is concerned. So that, helped him but I'm not quite sure coming off of 2021 and 
what ultimately we found out down the stretch, if that helped Williams's stock heading into this uh, free agency period. No, I don't know that it helped his stock. I think he just kind of is what he is to, as a player, which isn't which isn't bad. I mean, he's always been kind of unfairly maligned because he's drafted seventh overall. Like he's never going to be that type of player, but he's a big play threat. He wins in contested situations. Um, he's a really good fit with Justin Herbert. He's just not ever going to be the player that um, it was. It was cute the first few weeks, uh, you know, when even Brandon Staley was like, I think Mike Williams is the best pass catcher on our roster. It's like, well, I don't know about that, pal, but um, he just can't be that down in down out route runner winner at an X receiver. He's not that guy, but I think there's a pretty good chance he could get franchise tagged by LA. Like let's kick this can down the road one more year. There's no reason for them to get weaker at the wide receiver spot. Cause they are pretty shallow there after Mike Williams. Um, the franchise tag is only 18 and a half million and the chargers right now have the third most cap room. That's the only reason I think it's possible. Now, if he does get to the open market, I think a fun fit for him could be the Philadelphia Eagles because um, I think they cannot, have poor for for friggin' Jalen Rager's sake, they can't have him out there as a starting receiver at this point. I think Devontae Smith is a really good um short intermediate guy. I think he's a he's a number one receiver and I think Williams could give them a nice little compliment. But I do think most likely uh, Williams is another guy that could be like a surprise franchise tag guy just to kick the can down the road one more year for LA. I appreciate you bringing up the cost of Williams and how it certainly fits into the Chargers budget. I'm sure the Chargers are Feeling maybe um, it'll be interesting, like especially if you look at this from a market perspective and the Rams have just won the L.A. market. Plenty of people would say that they already had the L.A. market, um, but this certainly solidifies that. And so the Chargers now need to be thinking about they do have this franchise quarterback. I know it doesn't matter much, but he did win the MVP at the Pro Bowl. It's not the same as what Matt Stafford did by any means, but there is a lot of skill position talent that has good fan following. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see if they make some business decisions based on growing the brand within the city, given the fact that like it pretty much belongs to the Rams now and seeing what they might, they might try to do. I'm not sure that Mike Williams is like, I I don't know what his Jersey sale number is. Right. But I have a feeling that that is going to factor in maybe not significantly, but it's still going to be one of the factors on the, on the budget sheet when his contract is being looked at. Yeah, regardless, he makes the offense better, makes Justin Herbert better. That is like a check check for the Chargers. And I think even besides, I think the Rams factor, you're right, it is a pressure point for them. And just the AFC in general is a pressure point. You know, it is going to be, this will probably be, I wrote this in in my Bengals, like uh, kind of what it's going to take for them to get back to the Super Bowl right up uh, from, I think it was last week. But, uh, you know, the AFC is a slog now at this point, right? We've got Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, not in that order. Uh, a hot take sports <laughs> media, not not in that order. Uh, and obviously, like, I think this is the last year that both of Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert will not be in the playoffs. So I think that from that angle, the Chargers will have to feel some heat there, which is why I have them franchise tagging Williams, and they're going to make some more splashes in my list here as well. Allen Robinson, if we're talking about franchise tags, got hit with it last year. Not coming off of a great season. I'm pretty sure much will be revealed about his health as the months move from the spring into the summer. I can't imagine the Bears looking to retain him, right? So now if we're thinking of potential landing spots, like there's going to be, I mean, he's going to take a pay cut. 
Um, oh, yeah. I'm a lot of this depends. There's so much like as I'm thinking about this, there's so much upheaval at the quarterback position, which is kind of bleeding into all of these options, right? Like now that we have the Tom Brady answer, not to even bring up the Aaron Rodgers question mark, but you know, I, I think about the Bucks and so many of the free agents there, and like, would Allen Robinson potentially be? This is not an apples to apples comparison, but assuming Godwin leaves and has the ACL injury, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Like, could Robinson be a cheap villain to move to Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, obviously they need another perimeter receiver anyways now that Antonio Brown is obviously out of the mix there too. Uh, they don't have any depth behind them. So yeah, it's not a one-to-one comparison with Godwin, but that makes a ton of sense. Like, obviously the first thing with Allen Robinson is – I agree with you. He's going to take a pay cut. I think he could t- potentially take a significant pay cut to just finally like, okay, no more questions. I'm playing with a good quarterback, right? Like maybe Kansas city would be interested uh, for a, like a number two wide receiver. I don't know. So again, those are the, and, and Tampa Bay is another one, but obviously there are quarterback questions there. So there's no like clean spot that, um, has a ton of cap room and has a clear cut answer at the quarterback position. I think except for uh, the chargers. And I I did put them just in case, like let's say they don't franchise tag Mike Williams. Maybe they go. I wanted them to sign Allen Robinson last year before the un-American franchise tag was placed on uh, Allen Robinson by the Chicago bears. But another fun spot, depending on how you think about it, if, and this is like a little bit of like, are the bridges burnt there completely? What if he goes back to Jacksonville? Uh, I know I've seen huh. a few people toss that one around. The Jaguars have the second most cap room in the NFL. They have a disgusting depth chart at wide receiver. And obviously they could they could have a very good quarterback. You know, people think that there's all this talk that when he went to the Bears, you know, it was that's his fault for picking Trubisky. Now, if you want to be fair to Allen Robinson, Trubisky was at least coming into his second year. We didn't know he was complete dust yet. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming into his second year. He could make a similar bet here on a much more likely to work out prospect. I love the Doug Peterson hire. Uh, I ranked him as my favorite head coaching hire uh, that on an article that I just put out on the website today. I think this would be a really good fit for Robinson. Go back to a place he already has some familiar ties with in terms of ownership and stuff like that. Uh, but most importantly, is paired with the quarterback that we do think is ascending. I, I think that would make a, a smart business move for Robinson. Again, like I, I'm interested in his medicals um, and to see what those check out as, but no clear spot other than not Chicago, not Chicago. Not Chicago. <laughs> uh, I wrote up this next player, Mike Isecki, as one of my most intriguing players heading into this offseason, a, a fantasy star for the most part, given the tight end position. Mike Isecki, obviously a free agent in Miami, and like, my goodness, have the Dolphins made some headlines, not ones that you necessarily want to be attached to. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, like, Gasecki was just behind Jalen Waddell in targets after this last year. And we, I mean, I think we can all agree that Tua Tungavailoa is streaky at best um, and needs a Gasecki-type player over the middle to steady him. And so I would like to believe, assuming that the team is in on Tua now, given how young he is, that they would try to retain Gasecki and keep him in place because it, there's not much else outside of Jalen Waddle here for this type of quarterback. 
No, and Mike McDaniel coming from that San Francisco 49ers coaching tree. Dalton, I talked about this on the last podcast, how McDaniel was pretty instrumental in designing the game plan with Debo Samuel, you know, kind of evolving his role as the year went on. Uh, Mike Gusecki is not a Debo Samuel type of guy, but he is a a unique player, as you mentioned, or uh, if you want to be really not generous, as I usually am with Mike Gusecki, he's a fake tight end. Uh, Not a bad player, though. I don't mean to disparage him. He's a slot receiver is what you're intimating. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. That's a, see, that's a much nicer way to say it. Uh, but I think there's a good chance he is just franchise tagged by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, $11 million for tight ends. That's not that expensive. And the Dolphins have the most cap room in the NFL. So there's a pretty good chance just back there. But he's a player I would connect with the Chargers uh, for. And I feel like we I keep talking about the Chargers now with every player. But uh, he's a player I would connect with them. You know, they have Jared Cook and Donald Parham uh, at the tight end position, or at least they did last year. He would give them like a clear cut upgrade and a potential match up nightmare there uh, at that tight end spot if he gets to open market I think he's a more likely signing um, than a pl- than like a player like Allen Robbins you know I just kind of threw out for fun yeah I think a lot of that depends on whether or not because you make a good point about how Gasecki is not a tight end in the way that we think about tight ends um, and if Mike Williams were to leave the Chargers then I don't know if we have a lot like too much overlap in skill set with the addition of Gusecki like does he do stuff that's that different from Austin and Keenan Allen I don't know if if there's enough variance like then you lose that big bodied assuming Williams leaves like you could have a big bodied tight end because I don't think anyone's like trusting of Jared Cook's hands in fact if you look back at the season I don't think the Chargers are trusting of Jared Cook's hands yeah 100% true uh I do think it, it is worth noting that like obviously um, Jalen Waddle was used as a slot receiver a decent amount too. So they already have like for in terms of him and Mike Gusecki and yeah, Keenan Allen, overlap. there is some marriage and overlap there um, that would be fine. But uh, it kind of depends on what they think about Josh Palmer, who had a couple of moments late mm-hmm. last season. Um, do they? Yeah, do they like Josh Palmer as a guy that's just ready to walk into Mike Williams's role? Then they have a perimeter receiver in place, uh, and then they have a guy in Mike Gusecki who could again keep working that uh, intermediate area of the field. I mean, the, the Chargers really need a burner. I would love to give them that type of receiver uh but I, they don't have there's no one like that in free agency that's really available and clean medically no that's a good point uh dalton schultz another tight end who uh so i mean he flirted with like 80 receptions last year obviously um put a wrench into fantasy fans idea of what Dak was going to do and which receivers he would be most locked in on obviously you know we spent a lot of the fall and winter talking about how those Ideas were dashed in large part because of the defense as well, but you don't really like to see um, if you're a CD Lamb investor, for example, Dalton Schultz with like 80 grabs for 800 yards over the course of a season. My belief here and the reporting that we've seen thus far intimates that he he's likely to be franchise tagged and stay yeah. in Dallas as well. Yeah, similar with Mike Gusecki there. The Cowboys aren't as um, flush with cap room as the Dolphins are, um, but the, you know the franchise tag at 11 million dollars for tight end it's fine like you can make that work they're also a team that looks like they're gonna lose Michael Gallup in free agency maybe depending on uh his market and we're gonna talk about him later but uh they might they're probably gonna cut Amari Cooper too uh you know because his salary just hasn't been worth it for them so uh we'll see they might have a little more room there and a big need then at pass catcher but if Dalton Schultz does make it to the open market I think he's another I swear to god we'll talk about more teams than just the same three teams we've talked about so far yeah. but he's another he's another he's another 
another guy I think would be a fun fit in Jacksonville. Again, Jaguars are flush with cap space. They're absolutely barren at tight end, just like they're barren at wide receiver. For, they're actually worse off, I think, at tight end than they are at wide receiver, which is saying something. Um, you know, Obviously, Doug Peterson offenses has, have featured tight ends before with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, some, some history there. I think he would just immediately give like, all right, here's Trevor Lawrence's security blanket that really never developed between uh, the tight ends and LaVisca Chenault there. Uh, so if he makes it to the open market, I like that fit a lot. You know, on Monday's pod, or yes, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, I forget which day it came out. I think it recorded Monday. Anyway, the pod earlier in the week with Andy and Scott, Andy was talking about how he is surprisingly all in on the Jaguars. And um, if they keep stocking the fridge for Trevor Lawrence, then that becomes all the more intriguing, though. I mean, as someone who's like already thinking about Travis Etienne, I don't know how much I want to see these other players. Um, uh, move into like I don't know I kind of feel like ETN was supposed to be and we didn't get to see it the security blanket that was given to Lawrence obviously a different position but in terms of like a pass catching option like a safety valve for him in PPR friendly leagues like that was an interesting play and I'm sure you know by the summer his stock will go through the roof once we hear enough of those puff piece puff pieces over the summer of like how the connection and the rapport is just like it was in college it's back so it's, it's back. back, yeah. Um, speaking of back, though, Cordero Patterson had a revelation of a year, right? The pro football writers named him the most improved player. He was, um, my gosh, either the, you know, for fantasy purposes, a top 10 running back or a top 10 wide receiver. A lot of that had to do with some addition by subtraction on the part of the Falcons with Calvin Ridley finding himself unavailable and Mike Davis not well, Mike Davis, frankly, being what we thought Mike Davis was going to be. And so all of that fast tracked CP's evolution, if you will. Um, But he's 30 and as ageist as it may sound like this is the NFL and there are windows. And if we think those things, the front office of franchises certainly thinks those things, um, especially when putting together deals, right? There's no world in which, Cordero Patterson's going to get a deal that's like longer than two years at most because of his age. That's just not really done. So he's a fascinating person to talk about. And I mean, would it surprise, again, like, I know this isn't exciting, but like, would it surprise you terribly if Atlanta's like, what are we going to do? Unless they can't afford him, right? Like, unless he, I don't know, but you're on the last legs of Matt Ryan. You don't know what Calvin Ridley's status is. I don't Cordero Patterson can do all of the things he provides so much utility. And even though a special teams contract won't garner him as much money as like a wide receiver contract will, or even a running back contract will like, I I'm just, it, it where's a spot that you can see him going and providing a lot of versatile utility, but also making any sort of dent. It's a great question. I think you're right to point out the fact that Atlanta might not be able to afford him. They're currently, they'll make some moves, but they're currently in the red uh, in terms of salary cap space, which is unbelievable because that roster stinks. So that it's, it's a tough scene when, when you're, uh, when you're in the red and your roster is not good. Um, there are a couple other teams that find themselves in that position, but uh, the Falcons are probably the most glaring. Uh, so I think that's the question for Patterson. Why would you leave the nest of the one coach who finally unlocked you? Um, but do you want it? You, as you said, he's also 30. Um, his career arc's not like most 30 year old running backs, of right. course, but this might be his last chance to really cash in. Uh, does he take this moment, try to find a pretty fat 
relatively speaking, fat two year deal. Um, and I think in that case, the Dolphins could be another team to, to look at there. They have a ton of cap space. Um, they have a huge need at running back. Uh, McDaniel, as I mentioned, was a big part of designing the Debo Samuel role. I think um, Cordero Patterson cannot, not, not, he's not going to be as good as a pure wide receiver as Debo Samuel is, like in terms of beating zone over the middle of the field, running those dig routes and everything like that. But there could be some potential overlap there if he's trying to find like a placeholder for for that type of player in his offense. While also still, I think if you're the Miami Dolphins, you sign Patterson, let him do some fun stuff in your offense, and you're still drafting a running back. Um, just like obviously at the peak of the 49ers offense that ha- they had Elijah Mitchell uh, and uh, Debo popping off. Do you think Pete Carroll might like? I, f- I feel like Cord- Cordero <laughs> Patterson might be like a Pete Carroll sort of like, huh? That's nifty. Yeah, like uh, Russ will love this, right? And then Russ like, ah, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. But, yeah, I, I mean, there is constant, it. like, uh, there is lack of depth in the backfield, which I think has severely negatively affected the efficiency that Russell was able to produce or the inefficiency that he did produce last year. Um, and having something gadgety. And the, the wide receivers are both like, kind of malcontents a little bit in Seattle. And oh, you so, think Tyler Lockett's a malcontent? Oh, uh, they're, they're, they're Bible school buddies. Yep, I, I think, sure. That's one way to put it. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to be a fascinating... I feel like if he doesn't stay, his landing spot is going to be one where we're all sort of like, huh, I didn't see that yeah, coming right. and I probably should have. I think that's a really fair point, which is why the, the Dolphins kind of stuck out to me. Um, just because we're all talking about Seattle, Rashad Penny's a guy I think is probably going to, I mean, look, the the, the Seahawks are going to max deal Rashad Penny uh, to come back there after that finally worked out for them. Uh, the, that, that, so I think he's a guy that could easily end up back there since that kind of worked out for them late last year. Yeah, I do, I do think he's going to return. I also think that like the Seahawks, good luck in the NFC West. You're going to have to do something creative if you're going to keep up with the rest of your division. Um, Rob Gronkowski is back in the news, um, not just because his best friend retired, but because he said, like, well, I don't know, maybe I go play with Joe Burrow. Like, those Bengals look pretty interesting. Um, he is a free agent. Do you think he probably just hangs it up given – all of the abuse his body has taken and the fact that like he's over 30 and that's not a great side of 30 to be on in the NFL. That would be my guess. Uh, I'm trying to not buy into the Tom Brady's not actually retired conspiracy theory. And he's just taken it. He's just taken a year off to go play with the 49ers next year or something like that. Um, and then Gronk just follows him there. So I'm, I'm trying to buy into all that stuff. I think uh, Brady's retired and Gronk follows him. I agree with you. Juju Smith-Schuster is interesting. Uh, You know, he did just take a one-year deal to stay in Pittsburgh at a lesser amount of money instead of going to the division rival Ravens and wonder how he feels about that now. He's obviously coming off of an injury. Or the Chiefs. Uh, Wasn't the year. Or the Chiefs, right? It wasn't a year that he anticipated, but obviously that didn't help his stock or his market heading into this free agency period. But he is... If we're talking about utility players, like Juju does bring um, a certain amount of calm to an offense and stability is important. Yeah, I actually think he's gone from being one of the most overrated receivers in the NFL to kind of being underrated at this point. Um, I think like the proper place to rate him would be he's just a really good 
big slot receiver. Um, and I think he would have a pretty decent market, uh, not a decent market in terms of, uh, let me say that again. I think he would be a pretty decent free agent signing for some team on the cheap uh, this year. Now he wants to return to Pittsburgh. We'll see about that. I think Kansas city could be an interesting spot again. Um, I don't know why he wants to return to Pittsburgh. Why? I, I was just thinking I, that. I, like, why does I don't he know. Wanna... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he says he does. But he says he does. So I, I guess that's that's what he wants to do. Maybe he just really loves the fries on the sandwich there. Now, I think if we're looking at uh, two, I'll give you two teams here and you could pick which one you think is more interesting. The Jets, who I haven't mentioned yet, but they have a ton of cap space and, and I think they have a need at wide receiver. Uh, and then the Titans, I think, are another interesting team. I think the Jets make makes a lot of sense. I mean, they also could benefit from a veteran presence. That team is so young um, yep. that you could use the C word with him, you know, the culture word a little bit with, Ju- with Juju. Um, he'd be one of those glue guys who kind of help shepherd along the younger players on the team. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of the way in which he can relate to Zach Wilson, but like if he managed all those years with Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure he can impart some wisdom. Sure. And they both have real bad O-lines, so (laughs) we can probably say like you're going to get smacked a bunch, kid. Uh, And you know that. So I would would say that probably like from a from a bird's eye view perspective, he makes the most sense in um, in New York. If I were him, I'd prefer to go to the Titans, though. Yeah, Titans, uh, I have them also for the next player here, David Njoku. I think they're a team, they're they're in the red in terms of ca- salary cap space, but they, uh, Mike Vrabel basically said, like, we need to be great around Ryan Tannehill at the end of last year. And you look <laughs> at that roster right now, it's not great around Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they've got nothing at tight end. They had nothing at wide receiver behind AJ Brown, which is why I wanted to mention two guys like David Njoku, obviously a tight end. And then Juju as well. Like Juju is a, like a, I would have said he was a poor man's Cooper cup going into last season. Now I think you have to say he's like a super poor man's Cooper cup because of the season that cup just had, but you know, in the type of things that cup can do is that big slot receiver. Uh, you know, there's a physical guy that works in the blocking game. I think Juju can be that type of player for Tennessee uh, who obviously wants to still be like a run first operation. And, you know, again, David and Joku is like, I don't think he's like your solution at tight end, but he could be a part of the fixing things around Tannehill equation. Teddy Bridgewater. I will say that I think that people forget, and obviously that the injury or the concussion at the end of the season didn't, you know, help us remember him. And he isn't necessarily uh, like a flashy player. You don't, you don't, you don't install uh, Teddy Bridgewater so that you have like these like large A dot numbers. Um, but again, he adds calm. He adds steadiness. I really like, and I know that this is, you know, off of what the narrative is predicting. I like him in Tampa Bay. Like if we are, if the team is going to see what they have in Kyle Trask, it feels like Teddy Bridgewater is a fantastic, no pun intended, bridge quarterback for Trask to develop. Um, and the Bucks have to imagine, especially given the number of big name free agents that they have and Brady's retirement, that they are going to be in a rebuild situation. Like I'm not even 100% sure that Arians is really going to come back, Right. So they spent <laughs> yeah, a, what, second round thing. pick on Trask and all of, you know, Eric Edholm, our NFL draft expert, wrote about how Trask is one of those guys you don't expect to be great and then ends up being great. That's what he did in college. Um, he's kind of always the underdog. And if you are, and he was great in high pressure situations. And so if you 
are going to shepherd along this younger player than I think Teddy Bridgewater for a much lower price than Garoppolo who's owed money or Carr who's owed money, then why not take this guy that you can get on the cheap wall also seeing you're, you're, you're not going to make a playoff run. So right. why don't you start to develop? I think that's a great point. Uh, this whole free agent quarterback class, like these teams, I think there's a lot of teams that could go with this model, even if they don't have a Kyle Trask already on their roster. And you know probably the rookie quarterback class better than I do right now, but everybody knows it's not a, a an elite rookie quarterback class, right? I think there's a lot of teams that could go with the placeholder and you know develop a rookie behind him type of model. And this free agent quarterback class, there's no like answers here, but there's a lot of guys like Andy Dalton, like Tyrod Taylor, like Jameis Winston, like Marcus Mariota, like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky's even getting pop as like a, a guy. I mean, he's got to he's got to go to to New York and try to compete with uh, friggin' uh, Daniel Jones, right? I guess. But anyways, point is, Teddy Bridgewater I think is in that mold uh, of a guy, that, and I I sent him to the Colts because all the talk out of Indy, it's basically like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when Carson Wentz is out of there, whether it's by trade, whether it's by cut, um, and I, I guess they're just. I mean, that's another new quarterback for the Colts. It's unbelievable. But they look like a team that is still is a really good infrastructure, is ready to win right now, but they're probably not going to get the into the Jimmy Garoppolo sweepstakes. I can't imagine they're going to swing any higher than that or something like that. So why not grab a Teddy Bridgewater, keep yourself afloat while maybe developing a rookie, even though you don't have a first-round pick because of Carson Wentz, who you're going to cut. I don't know. Tough scene. I've seen if you were a quarterback, if you were one position away from making the playoffs and making a run theoretically throughout the playoffs, I, I don't know. I mean, it, that is a dollar and cents answer, right? Like that's not a talent answer. It's like, we don't want to pay for this. Even we bet on it and we, we came up short. Um, Christian Kirk. Interesting. It's interesting what will happen in Arizona altogether. I mean, like, I don't want to make a big meal out of Kyler Murray scrubbing his social media, but New Hopkins certainly did not look um, rejuvenated by any means this past season, right? Like, that's a little bit problematic. He's getting up there in age, particularly for the kind of player, the kind of physical player that he is. Um, the window's a little bit different than someone who's just like uh, like an excellent route runner. Um, he, he wins on physicality, Nuke does. Um, so when you get older, that gets a little bit tougher. Christian Kirk is a player that I really liked coming into the NFL draft. And like there were flashes of it, but the whole skill set never fully ROI'd. And I don't know, frankly, how much of that has to do with Kingsbury. And how much of it, I mean, you can't say he didn't have a good quarterback, right? You can't say that there wasn't talent around him. You can't say that he was constantly dealing with defensive attention. Um, but I just, I, I just don't think like there's enough juice there to make a splash in the market. No, just shy of a thousand yards this year. So he had a fine season. Arizona is light at pass catcher with new Hopkins questions with Rondale Moore having a historically low average depth of target. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, like Rondale Moore did not play wide receiver last year. So we'll see if he can play wide receiver in his second season. Uh, Kirk is a free agent. Uh, um, AJ Green is also a free agent, but uh, they're just a little bit over the salary cap right now. They can make a couple moves to get under. That's not the worst thing in the world, but they've got a, the Arizona has a lot of questions to answer. Um, so presuming that Christian Kirk gets free, 
and he doesn't have a big market. I, I could see a team like the Falcons being interested in him, although they don't have a ton of salary cap space. Their wide receiver depth chart is problematic if uh, Calvin Ridley gets uh, gets gone. And then uh, Detroit is another one. Like after the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown, um, I don't think they're like as thirsty at wide receiver as they would have been. Now, I think there's, you know, St. Brown probably like in the Cooper Cup mold, big slot receiver. I think Christian Kirk is most likely best in the slot, but Detroit does still need warm bodies on the perimeter. And I think Kirk is just like he, they could potentially interlap a little bit there. So now the more I'm thinking about it, the less I like it. But this is the type of free agent market I think I, I, I thought at, at first, you know, like last year, it was a des it was a, you know, de- destiny that they'd go big fish hunting at wide receiver uh, for the Detroit Lions. But now I think they, um they can afford to shop in kind of the Christian Kirk mold there. But I, I don't know if the fit, the more I talk about it, I don't know if the fits that great. Yeah, I, I do think you're right that the Lions are good. Should have, we should have mentioned them for some of these bigger bodies, but I don't know if, if Kirk is, I'm thinking as you were talking, like, are the Texans that wild to think about? I mean, certainly the talent there is shallow. We don't know what they're doing. There's obvious questions, a quarterback there as well, but this might be one of those. don't know what they're doing about anything. No, but Kirk might be cheap enough and enough of a name and have enough inside, outside XY utility to stabilize whatever the hell else they're building. Yeah, uh, Brandon Cook's not a slot receiver. Nico Collins, like a pure X receiver, who I like. Nico Collins is like a you know a late, late, late round dart throw this this year. Um, just think he's a pretty good player, but who knows what the hell's as you mentioned? Who knows what the hell's going on there? I think Kirk's a pretty good call. That that's a good one. Uh, James Conner, his teammate, also a free agent. Um, one year deal. Obviously, uh, he was on coming off of his time in Pittsburgh. Managed to stay relatively healthy until they you know ran him into the ground unnecessarily at the end of the year and had the postseason results that they had as a result. Um, uh, so I think they, they need him. I feel like he should stay put, and I feel like they should reward him for the season he had. I don't know if the money is going to work out that way. Chase Edmonds is a free agent too. So yeah, they'd be right. um, in a bit of a tough spot, which is why I have another free agent going there. I have Leonard Fournette going there uh, in, a, in a situation where James Conner bounces. And I've got two fun fits for James Conner. We talked about the Jaguars a lot. I think the Jaguars could be interesting because um, you don't have to make him your feature back, but James Robinson popped his Achilles. We'll see if he can be the next Cam Makers and come back and average under two yards a carry or something like that uh, when he returns too early. Or, um, you know, and Travis Etienne is another guy coming off an injury and might not have been like, I mean, who knows what the hell Urban Meyer drafted Travis Etienne to be? That was always weird, but he might not be. He wasn't necessarily drafted to be like a full time feature back. I think like an Etienne uh, James Conner tandem could be kind of fun. And then another one, I've got Carolina as a landing spot for James Conner too. Uh, Panthers cannot go into like next year with just Christian McCaffrey and some goofball like Chuba Hubbard. I think that could actually give them finally like a bit of a one-two punch to use McCaffrey to his strengths while also kind of having a banger there in James Conner to handle some of the dirty work. We'll see. We've mentioned the self-awareness thing with Christian McCaffrey before. We'll see if he'd like love that idea. But there was a time where they signed C.J. Anderson, you know, to be that guy. And obviously then McCaffrey just basically made C.J. Anderson irrelevant. So maybe they've different front office, different brain brain trust here, but maybe they kind of get back to that thought process here. Well, and the thing about Connor that I think is underrated is the fact that he is a solid pass catcher. Chuba Hubbard is not like the, bless his heart. No, he's not. (laughs) Yeah. Not a good pass catcher did not have that in his skill set or in his 
practice, like was not used that way in college. So he didn't even have the experience trying it. I mean, this was his first call to action for it. So uh, I, I do feel like there's an opportunity there for Connor to not just make this like as predictable an offense as like, here is CMC and we know what he does. And then Connor's going to come in and do the dirty work. He can be used on pass catching downs and in uh, pass catching situations. And so I think you're right. It depends on what Christian McCaffrey will, what his tolerance will be for some help. But I like that one. That one's fun. All right, let's talk a little trenches. Why not? What's more fun than uh, offensive line talk in the offseason? Actually, after watching Joe Burrow get sacked seven times in the Super Bowl, <laughs> it, sh- it should be talked about. We got uh, four guys to discuss. I'm going to rattle them all off and let you uh, let you place them where you think they might best fit. Teron Armstead, Orlando Brown Jr., Ryan Jensen, and Brandon Scherf. All right, let's start with the most boring one. Uh, I'm going to go with Orlando Brown and just send him to back back to Kansas City. They traded a high draft capital for him. They don't want to. They actually succeeded in what the Bengals hope to do this offseason. Hopefully, it's what the Bengals hope to do this offseason and just like laser focus on the offensive line and figure that thing out. So I have him going there. Uh, I've got Teron Armstead going to the Dolphins. I think he could just go to the highest bidder. You know, he's a, still a really good left tackle. I think he gets free from New Orleans. Um, so I think he could go to the Dolphins where they just need to kind of like have a guy that fits into that sort of system, uh, but also just stabilizes an offensive line that basically failed to rebuild. And then I have Brandon Scherf going to the Bengals. Uh, I think basically the Bengals, they don't need to go again, big game hunting like Teron Armstead, you know, like. They can get by, I think, with Jonah Williams at left tackle. What they needed to really do is like hit a, hit a triple or a double with Brandon Scherf and free agency. He's got some health questions, but he's a good player. Uh, their guard spots stink. Uh, and then like draft a right tackle in, in the first round. And hopefully that's like good enough to kind of get you there. You know, it's not like the Chiefs signed Joe Tooney last year, but it's kind of sort of close. And then Ryan Jensen, I have him going to the Chicago Bears. Uh, we saw what Justin Herbert getting a. <laughs> that's the reaction I was hoping for. Uh, yeah, like we saw what getting a center for Justin Herbert did after like a bad offensive line performance in his rookie year. Corey Lindsley signs there last year that stabilized it. And I just think uh, Ryan, Jens- Ryan Jensen is a tone setter. He's a badass. And I think, he, again, bit of a culture fit there with what Matt Eberflus wants to do. So I like that uh, fit for Justin Fields there. I'll take all of those. I think those are all great. I particularly like um, your thinking about the the Bengals O-line. Um, I also just feel like everyone's talking about, we all know what the Bengals have to do, but so much of it is going to be uh, chemistry and gelling, and that doesn't just come on paper uh, for for the trenches in particular. So, um, but I think that that's- I mean, the Chiefs, as good as their offensive line was, as good as the Chiefs offensive line was, it did not like gel until probably what? Would you say like- season yeah mid-season November and then like by November December it's like okay uh Creed Humphrey is working out uh our day three guard is working out uh you know Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown like our big swings it's all kind of coming together and then they happen to stumble into uh Wiley at right tackle but like that's what you kind of has to happen you got to pull these guys in from all these spots it has to gel and then you also have to get lucky you have to have your rookies be ready to play and you have to kind of fall ass backwards into a starter somewhere. That's like, which is again what kind of happened with Andrew Wiley there. So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting potential rebuild there for Cincinnati. It's not it's not a clean process. I also think it's I understand why everyone makes the Chiefs to Bengals comp in the postseason between twenty one and twenty two, but I think the difference is that 
those O-line injuries to the Chiefs in uh, in 21, right, like in Super Bowl 55, was that those O-line injuries were new to Mahomes. Like, he had not worked with that deficiency over the course of the entire regular season. He also had hurt his foot. Like, those, but those deficiencies came in the postseason, and then everybody was adjusting on the fly, which the Buccaneers were able to take full advantage of. It's a little bit different because Burrow has gotten used to, for better or worse, working behind a horrible offensive line, right? And so it's a known deficiency. He understands that he can scramble a little bit. He knows that he is going to get blown up. And I think that that is just like another layer that we're not talking about. And I think it's another layer that's going to affect the gelling of the O-line because it's going to affect his cadence of calls. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you also hope that the the coaching staff hasn't like, you know, the, the thing with coming with Justin Herbert after his rookie year, he was under so much pressure, but it's like, man, he's so good under pressure. Do they really need to make yes. it? Do they really need to overemphasize the offensive line? Like, yes, yes. Just because he's great under pressure doesn't mean you need to put him under pressure. It scared me a little bit with like uh, Zach Taylor and, and some of the Bengals comments after the Super Bowl. Like, we trust, trust Joe in these situations under pressure. It's like, yeah, those situations will come naturally. Don't, don't make it worse right. than it has to be. Totally. Um, all right. Injured free agents. Let's go through these quickly. Uh, we've touched on a couple of these players already. Chris Godwin, we talked about torn ACL. Thoughts on really bad timing. Tough scene for him coming into this market. Um, I, I, I'm not quite, I wish, I, you know what, I, I wish there was a study, frankly, on like what a late season injury does. If there's like a, if there is a percentage that agents assume you will be hit by. Like if you are down, like if you thought you could have commanded X, you should expect Y percentage less if you have, you know, a, an injury like sometime in December or late November. Godwin is so good. He's so young that I think there's a chance that he could still cash in, like maybe not to the top of the market. Um, and I also think like, what Cooper Cup just did is that, like, I think Chris Godwin could do that in the right situation. I think they're both real, like, not similar players. In the same but I year? Think they... It's not. He's going to need nine months. No, no, no. no. And... I, I No, I, I just, I mean, like, in an ideal world. Like, in an, oh, in an oh, ideal okay. situation. Like, pre-injury, assuming no injury, I think he could do that, like, in the right situation. You could argue that... You know, he kind of had that year at some points too with with Brady there. Although this was this was really supposed to be that, but yeah. Anyways, point being, I, I think he's a great player. I think he would make any team, any offense better right away. I think the Browns. I mean, excuse me, the Bucks. I just spoiled it. I think the Bucks will be hard pressed to. <laughs> I think the Bucks will be hard pressed to want to let him go, and he might come back at a discount because um, you know he likes it there and everything. Won a Super Bowl, likes Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, what they did for him in this offense. But I do have the Browns as a pick uh, for a team that could could snag him up, could still pay pretty decent. They've got cap room. They're gonna let. I think Jarvis Landry is done there. Their wide receiver position is is ghastly uh, without Landry there. Rashard Higgins also a free agent. Not that he's like a star or anything, but you know, I got to get my Higgins references in, but yeah, I think he would be a really good fit there uh, as like a badass blocker, a tone setter in the run game who also would give them credibility at wide receiver. Talking about the Browns is a perfect segue to talking about OBJ. We all know he tore his ACL left knee second time now in his career during the Super Bowl. A lot of people really oh. upset about his uh, yardage prop. Um, <laughs> Bad break. He wanted to stay in L.A., right? He said he'd give them a discount to stay in Los Angeles. Just had a baby. Congratulations. So I'm sure there's some familial ideas and thoughts here. Yep. 
but he's also OBJ. So like how much of a discount does OBJ actually take? Well, maybe it's like you put it you put it into the universe uh pre-Super Bowl that you'd take a discount to come to, back to LA and and the universe says, "Well, you're going to have to take a real big discount to come back now." I think he should go. I think like don't even think about leaving you know just go back to la um stay with the rams you had success there you you were right like he said i was i could feel that i was gonna have like an all-time game he was about it was clear he was gonna have an all-time game there um he was hitting the right momentum uh you know robert woods could be a potential cap casualty for them i kind of doubt it because of how beloved he is there but um they obviously need the space and and he could they could get a little bit of relief there post injury from woods so they're going to need wide receiver help it feels just silly that either side would want to break up this marriage right now even though there are a lot of questions with the player michael gallup also another bad timed uh bad timing in terms of injury even um, later yeah, un, un, um, unlikely to come back to Dallas. I think we're all assuming he won't return. Um, where do you think that he might fit nicely? I mean, you were mentioning the Browns, and I'm sitting here thinking about it, but I also don't know. Um, I'm not trying to see Baker Mayfield uh, shoot throw, inaccurate throw little passes outside the ball, outside the numbers to yeah. Michael Gallup. I'm not. No, yeah, let's give him. Let's give him the bunny hops to Godwin on the dig routes. So where do we like? Gallup, I mean, there's a couple of things here. There's injury. There's maybe not the most versatile skill set. There's num. There's experience um, because of the injuries. Um, so there's there's a couple of negatives in his uh, surrounding him. Yeah, I actually wouldn't totally rule out that he comes back to Dallas if they cut Amari Cooper, which I do think there's been some whispers about that, uh, and they do need the salary cap space. I think they'll kind of decide between Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper, and I. I just don't think Cooper is that as good as his salary would indicate. And I think that they've said as much uh, coming out of the season. So um, I've always been a big Michael Gallup fan. I think there's a chance he would come back to Dallas on a discounted deal in that situation, but two landing spots. We talked about the lions earlier. That feels more like a, a, a skill set that would make sense for them. Um, but one I really like is the Patriots. Um, I, I like Jacoby Myers as a slot receiver. I think Kendrick Bourne is kind of a nice little utility player. The Cowboys, actually, the Patriots need like an actual bona fide number one receiver. No lock that they get that out of the draft with among. I mean, there's a lot of good rookies there. there there's plenty, but you never know. Um, I think Gallup, like I said, I, I might overrate Gallup. I just think he's a very good player, but I think he could be like a temporary solution as their ex receiver. E enough already with Nikhil Harry out there, you know, crack blocking guys, whatever the hell he's doing out there at the ex receiver spot. Let's get a real solution there. I think Gallup could be a solution, health depending. I don't mind the Raiders either, to be honest. Yep. Yep. I think that fit. his skill set um, could match up nicely. And we'll see what happens with Derek Carr. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, uh, coming off of torn ACL, most of the rumblings seem to be that New Orleans will run it back with him and kind of hold their breath and see what happens throughout this Jameis Winston experience, which will no longer be um, tilting for Sean Payton because he's going to go to Fox and replace Troy Aikman but that's a whole nother pod um instead it's going to be uh Dennis Allen's problem does it feel like the Saints have just given up. it feels like <laughs> I know I don't know about giving up it feels like they're they're kind of like waiting Sean Payton out like oh, he'll get the itch around week five and then he would just bring him back in push Dennis Allen back to DC we still got Pete Carmichael at OC we promoted internally basically to every position uh let's bring Jameis back let's bring Michael Thomas back and maybe Sean Payton will change his mind like I said around week six and come right on back 
how, first of all, how are they going to do that? Secondly, I talked to Sean Payton during uh, Super Bowl media week and he, he is interested in broadcasting. Like that is happening. Oh, as he should um, be. Let's line those and, pockets, baby. Absolutely. He's talking to Drew Brees. Admitted, he was like, yeah, Drew Brees tells me all the time. I know what he does. I know what he makes. Like if Troy Aikman is bouncing from Fox, uh, then it feels like there's a pretty big opening and Sean Payton will probably sign like a one, maybe one year deal with a second year option. And that'll leave him open to eventually going back to the NFL in Dallas. In Dallas, when yeah, Mike McCarthy course. eventually, like Mike McCarthy doesn't get to a Super Bowl. I don't think the postseason is even going to be enough next year. And then, boom, Sean Payton becomes, I mean, can you imagine the, like, noise that the Brinks truck is going to make when it backs its way up to Sean Payton's house and is like, hello, welcome to the star again. Welcome back to the star. I didn't, I didn't say that the Saints plan makes sense or that it was going to oh, happen. Okay. It just feels like a pie in the sky situation uh, that they've got no shot. They've got no shot. But uh, yeah, obviously, Sean Payton, uh, his little retirement here from the Saints has set him up to make just a load of cash the next two years it, it, it from is broadcasting telling, though, in Dallas. That Sean Payton is like, ah, I'm too old for this. Shit. Like, he's literally doing the Danny Glover and like. I, I, we don't know if Michael Thomas is. We don't know if Michael Thomas wants to come back. Michael Thomas is not a player who has a reputation for being like very easy breezy, go with the flow either. Yeah, yeah they they say they want him back, but there's going to be another conversation there. But anyways, yeah, the, I sounds like the Saints could bring back Jameis Winston. One other fit I wanted to throw out there: this whole like Aaron Rodgers to Denver thing, it ain't going to happen. Uh, but one guy who could at least like maybe rescue some of these fantasy players is like we get old. Old Jameis back, just slinging heaters to Cortland Sutton, slinging, Sutton, you know, oh. they, they need they, Jer- Jerry Judy, too. I mean, the reality here no with fan. Denver is, yeah, no fan. Uh, Tim Patrick doing his thing as well. Obviously, Javante Williams out of the backfield. Like, the problem with Denver is the same problem that I had, you know, going into last year, which is like, how the hell are you going to have all of these fantasy-relevant players who command targets, Cortland Sutton commands targets, Jerry Judy commands targets, Noah Fan, Tim Patrick, that was the guy that nobody thought was going to do anything last year, but it's like, Tim Patrick is a pretty good player. Like, he's not just going to go to the bench and hide out. And then they had two backs last year, but I think they'll still have, maybe they might have two backs again this year. You never know. Uh, Javante Williams, though, is still going to command a ton of touches. How are all of these guys going to be good? And you've got like a, a, a really good backup level caliber starter in Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, insert next year, Marcus Mariota, some rookie, whatever. The one guy who might be able to like, all right, at least let's get these guys into maybe starting consideration is uh, pre-LASIK, pre-New Orleans Saints, James Winston. You said pre-LASIK. That was too much. Um, I don't disagree. It's a very, very <laughs> good point. Um, oh, man. Can you imagine the math conversations we're going to have have to have if and when that occurs over the summer? Yeah, because the good news is if they sign, like I said, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, draft some rookie, just don't even have the math conversation. It doesn't work out. Don't draft it any of these guys. Up. But <laughs> but if Jameis, maybe we can have the conversation. Maybe. Fuzzy math, sure. Um, Antonio Brown, this is the last guy we're going to nope. talk on most. Okay, we're not going to talk about no. it because we've had enough. Just you know what? Jameis no. Winston brings enough volatility that we don't need to discuss <laughs> A.B., So that's going to do it for us for this episode. We've given you (laughs) over 50 minutes of free agent talk. 
and it's not even March. You're welcome for now being well ahead of the NFL curve. You can light up every single cocktail party with the information we just imparted to you. Follow me on Twitter at LizLowes underscore fat. Follow Matt at MattHarmon underscore BYV. And while you're there, make sure you're following the mothership at Yahoo Fantasy. Scott and Dalton will be back on Tuesday. Until then, enjoy. We're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.